Very cool. Hey, uh, man, we are so excited again that you are here. We're so excited to kick, continue, not kick off, but continue um, our series called Underrated. And uh, we're going to talk, we'll, we'll kinda, those of you that weren't here last week, we're going to kind of catch you up here in a bit. Uh, but we're going to jump right in to it tonight. So here's the thing. Have you ever, I'm sure you guys have noticed this, but have you ever noticed how older people always kind of think less or look down on younger people? Right? You ever notice that? The freshmen in the room are like, yeah, I know that, right? And uh, the seniors are like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, we don't look, you know. But no, I'm kidding. But here's the thing. It is, it's true. It's, I mean, high schoolers, right? Let's just be honest. We really don't care for middle schoolers, right? It's like they kind of annoy you. Elementary kids, forget it. Like, don't even let them in the room. Right? Am, am I speaking some truth here? Uh, like, a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it, it's true. But here's the weird thing, is that it also continues throughout life. Because even as you get older, sometimes when you look at someone younger, you know, you, you kind of automatically think underrated, right? You kind of just, you don't think of them as highly as probably what they, what we should. And as teenagers, um, we often don't like it the way that the adults, you know, think about us, look at us, talk about us, right? We, we get kind of frustrated with our parents. We get kind of frustrated with teachers and coaches, how they talk to us and look at us and those kind of things. But here's the thing. If, can, can we just kind of like be honest for a minute? And can, we, can you just kind of separate yourselves from being a teenager and look at it from this perspective? There are some teenagers, some of your friends, Maybe even some of you, but I know we don't have anybody like this in this room, right? Some teenagers can be rebellious. Some of them, and I know there's nobody in this room that can be selfish, right? Nobody is selfish in this room. We all, we, you know, and I, I, we don't have any lazy people here. No, no, no lazy people. No one, no one in this room is lazy. I mean, and I definitely know we don't have anybody that's ever rude, there are not, there's no one in this room that is ever, ever rude, right? Irresponsible. You all are very responsible with, with the money that you're given and the cars that you drive, right? I, right? I mean, is, is, is this, I know, I'm just, I'm just saying, disrespectful. I've never had any of you be disrespectful. I mean, there's no disrespect in this room, right? Careless. Careless, I mean, you guys are so careful, and, uh, and, and there's definitely no foolishness, right? Right? But here's the thing, and all kidding aside, no, I know we're kidding, but here's the thing. We know people like this, even though none of us in this room are like this. We know there are people, there are teenagers that are like this, right? And they, it kind of welcomes in this, this bad rap that teenagers get. You know, in some ways... This bad rap can be earned or validated, and in some ways, it's unfair, quite honestly. Because for some of you, it's like you do, you do it right, you know? You're not lazy. I mean, you just do it right. But then there are other people that are in your grade or in your school that don't. And so you kind of get lumped in with everybody else. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that I want you to understand. You have the opportunity to impress people older than you. Some of you will be like, I really don't care. But I want to I want to challenge us tonight to think about this and what you can do. And we're, we're, we're going to look at our verse. For those of you that were here last week, we're going to look at that verse again. But you have the opportunity to raise the bar. You have the opportunity to, to turn the tide 
of this underrated reputation. Because I believe that there's such a generation in this room that can change the world for God and for the better. Right? So here, last week, we're going to jump into it. Last week, we talked about, we, we looked in the book of Timothy, and we talked about how Paul had written to Timothy. And here's the thing. Even though Timothy lived 2,000 years ago, he had something in common with all of you. And that's the fact that he was, that he was young. Like I said last week, Timothy was actually a pastor in his probably mid to late teenage years. And so, I mean, he was, he was a young guy. He was probably like a high school student. Maybe in college, but for the most part, he was thought to be around the age of a high schooler. And Timothy became a very influential pastor. And in fact, if you remember, and we'll, we'll, we'll look at this verse a little bit later, but the thing that Paul told him was, don't let anyone look down on you because you were young. Don't let people, just because of your age, keep you from doing what God has called you to do and what God has created you to do. So Paul tries to guide Timothy in the things that he should do and the things that he shouldn't do. In fact, Paul wanted to help protect Timothy by warning him about, thing, warning him about things before he had to go through, go through those things. So Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy Oh, these out of order. Hey, can you go to the other verse? I hope I didn't get a chance to check these. I hope they're not out of order. The first verse should be, yeah, 620. Is that the first one? That okay. Dax, we may just this may get interesting and we may not have we may not have notes, but that's okay. All right. So this is what Paul's writing to Timothy in, in chapter 6, verse 20. It says, Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge. Again, Timothy, guard your heart what's been entrusted to your care. So listen, as a pastor, he's saying, listen, you've been entrusted with something. He's reminding him of this responsibility that he had. Timothy had this great responsibility of leading people. I mean, can you imagine leading people that were probably older than you? What, were you, what if you, you were in that situation where you had to lead people that were older than you? You see, when, when people, let's see, ah, there we go, hey, when people saw the way that Timothy lived, it would change the way that they thought about him. And when that him is not just Timothy, but also God. Because when they saw the way that Timothy lived, they were able to look and say, that, see that his life not only represented himself as a man, but that he also represented God as a man of God. See, but here's the thing. Paul knew that there were going to be distractions. He knew that Timothy was going to get, he was going to have this this temptation to be pulled into a different pattern of living. He knew that there would be this temptation to kind of go with the crowd, right? I mean, come on, he was, he was your age. And just like some of you have this, have this fight to say, man, I really want to live for God. I really want to, to pursue a relationship with Jesus. But you also have this tug to say, but look what all my friends are doing. And, and, and I, I kind of want to do that. But you also know that what they're doing doesn't necessarily glorify God. And it, it, it definitely doesn't draw you closer to God, right? You see, Paul tells Timothy to be careful. 
Because again, he saw this great potential in Timothy. He saw this potential that Timothy could do something incredible for the kingdom of God. And he didn't want to see the enemy. He didn't want to see other people snatch that away from him. So he encouraged him to turn away from a couple things. The first one that, we, that was mentioned in that verse was this, this godless chatter. What, what, what does that mean? Like, are you saying, like, all I can do is talk about God? Like, I have to talk about God in everything I say. Like, no matter what, I have to. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, listen, he's, he's talking about, like, like, this empty, useless talk. In other words, conversation that doesn't build other people up. You see, it's important that when we, when we talk to other people, that when they leave our presence, they, they feel good about themselves, like that we've encouraged them. You're like, well, I don't like everybody I talk to. But that's okay. But they should still, even if you don't like them, they should still be able to leave being around you and feel better about themselves because you're an encouragement to them. And this other, the other one that he mentioned was the ideas that other might consider knowledge. And what he's saying here is don't just follow what people say because they sound smart. If it doesn't seem to match up with what Jesus said, don't do it. See, it's important that you don't just come to church and, and, and take whatever Pastor Eric or Pastor Todd say and be like, oh, I guess I just have to do that or whatever I say and just say, well, that's what, that's what Tim said, so that's what I got to do. No, it, that's why it's important that you're growing in your relationship with Jesus, that you're spending time reading the Bible yourself. Because there will be, there will be things that people will say, and man, it'll sound good, but it's funny. It's not what it says in Scripture. So Paul was inv inviting Timothy to live a way that wasn't simply a reaction to what other people said or thought. I mean, come on, let's be honest. A lot of us want to live our lives in a way that we don't care what other people think, right? We just want to do, do what our thing. And that's kind of what Paul was saying. He didn't want Timothy to live like with this reaction or, or necessarily worry about what, what other people thought. Because here's the thing that, that Paul wanted Timothy to understand. It was that Timothy was only able to control one thing, and that was himself. See, as a dad, I tell my kids all the time, listen, you can't control what other people say or do, but you can control yourself. You can control what you say. You can control what you do. And that's what's, that's what's important for us, that Timothy could only control his behavior and his actions, but he had to set aside what others thought. You see, Tonight, it's all about this. Only you can own your actions. Only you can own your actions. I can't control you. I can't make you do anything. Now, listen, your parents, to a certain degree, can make you do certain things, but you control your actions. So remember what we said last week. Do you remember this verse? Oh, can you go to the 412 verse for some reason? It's, it's, he'll bring it up. But it says this, 1 Timothy 412. It says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. 
For those that weren't here last week, we talked about this verse and the importance of it. Because here's the thing that we wanted to understand. Is that you can set the example to the believers. You can set the example to how we ought to live. Because if you look at those categories, it covers just about everything in life. You can set the, you can set the example. You can be the example. It doesn't have to be a thing where, where adults look down on you because of the way that your generation acts or is perceived to act. You can prove them wrong by choosing to live for God. You see, while you don't have control over what others think, you do have control over your actions. And a lot of times your actions affect what other people say. So here's the thing. What can we do about it? We can choose to be the opposite of what people, of what they assume of you. You can choose to do the opposite or to be the opposite of what they assume for you. How do we do that? Here's a few tips. Number one, think before you speak and act. Think before you speak and act. Now that sounds like so elementary, right? But so many times we think before we don't think before we speak or act. We just kind of do something. And it's important that we, that we, that we think before we speak or, speak or act. Because the more we can control how we react, the less likely we will say or do something we'll regret later. The next thing that we can do is think about the environment and the people around you. This lady that was a mentor is, is, is still really a mentor of mine, a distant mentor. She's been literally in youth ministry for like over 40 years, probably close to 50. And yes, she's like in her 70s. Her name's Jeannie Mayo, and this is a, a quote that she says. She says, show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. I can tell you by the people you hang around what your future is going to be like. It's easy. Because if you're hanging out with a crowd that doesn't do things that you know you should be doing, then eventually you, you may be able to stay strong for a little while, but eventually you're going to come around to doing things that that crowd does. Because the other thing that she says is friends are like elevator, ele elevator buttons. They either take you up or down. So you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. So here's what, here, here's what you need to do. You need to ask yourself, who are the three to five people in your life that you spend the most time with? Write their name on a card or something. Who are the three to five people that you spend the most time with? And then ask yourself this, how do they act? Are they owning their faith, their actions, in view of life? Because here's the thing. If you're constantly trying to hang out with people that don't believe spiritually the way you believe, it's going to pull you down. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be some, you know, snobby person that just says, well, I'm spiritual and I don't, you guys can't hang out with me because I'm Miss Goody Two-Shoes, right? No. You can still be friends and try to show them the love of Jesus, but it just means that there are times that you're going to say, hey, listen, I'm not going to hang out with you guys tonight because I'm just not interested in doing whatever they're wanting to do. Because you know deep down inside that's just not what you need to do to live your life for God. Because like I said last week, man, you find the person in your lunchroom that's sitting by themselves 
And you begin to go befriend them and, and you take the popularity that you wear around your neck and you just set that aside and be like, listen, I'm not going to be about the popularity game. I'm not going to be about that. I'm going to be about showing the love of Jesus to other people. And you find that person sitting in your lunchroom all by themselves or find the people that nobody else wants to hang out with and start being their friend. And they're going to listen to what you have to say because you're different. And some of you are going, I can see the wheels in your head going, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> that's, that's pretty extreme. And it may be. But man, I'm telling you, here's what I believe. I believe that there are students in this room, whether you're a freshman or you're going into your senior year, that God has placed you where you're at. He's placed you in 180. He has placed you at the chapel, and he's placed you in your high school and on your team or in your band. He has placed you there for this time because he wants to use you to make an impact for his kingdom because he wants you to be able to stand before him one day and look at the people in your high school that you affected because you showed them the love of Jesus. So you've got to make a choice of who's on your list and who you want to continue to spend the time with. See, you get to decide who you want to be and what you want to be known for. What do you want to be known for? What do you want to be known for? When you show up to a 10 or 20 year reunion, what do you want to be known and remembered for? Because I can tell you the people that I would walk into a, a reunion with, I, can go, I could go around the room and tell you what they all were like in high school. Now they may have changed a ton, and that's great, but I can, t but I, you get the choice to determine what you're going to be known for. So here's the thing. As we head into small groups tonight, man, I want to challenge us to really kind of open up about some of this and how we need to control our actions and control who we hang out with and who we allow to influence our lives. Because, listen, there's only... There's only two sides to this coin. Either you're going to be the influencer or you're going to be influenced. That's it. There is no middle ground. You're either going to lead people to Jesus or you're not. There's no middle ground. Man, I want to challenge you. One of my biggest regrets of high school, and I know I'm your parents' age. I'm old. I get it. But listen, what I still, one of my biggest regrets from high school is that I didn't live my life more for God. I wish I would have. I wish I would have used whatever influence I might have had in high school to affect the people in my grade. Because... There are some people that I graduated with that I'll never see again because I know that they, whether they had cancer or whether they were in accidents, they're, they're not going to be at a reunion. So tonight, as we go into small group, let's think about that and let's remember that only you can own your actions. Let's pray. Father God, I just, again, Lord, I thank you for all the fun that we've had tonight and and, and it's, it's awesome. It's so cool because, 
God, the, the world, a friend of mine always says this. He says, the, the world parties to forget, but we party to remember. And that's to remember what you've done for us. And God, we thank you that you died on that cross for our sins, that, that we can experience your love. And God, I pray that God, students in this room, God, that you would begin to speak to them. And God, that they would be challenged to make an impact for you that they would take the love that they've experienced from you and they would share that with others as they, some, Lord, even this week will walk back into their high school hallway. Some, it won't be till next week. But God, I pray that you will just begin to prepare our hearts because God, I believe that you want to do something great in the schools that are represented in this room tonight. And God, it's gonna happen through those that are in this place. So God, I pray that tonight that had you have you have placed no one in this room, no one is here by accident. God, we're here intentionally tonight. God, from before the very foundations of the world, God, you knew that we were going to be gathered in this room on August 18th, 2019. God, you knew every person that was going to be here. And God, I believe that you want to take tonight God, you want to take this series, you want to take this season of our lives, and you want to change destiny, not only in our lives, but in the lives of others that are in our communities. So, Father, I just pray right now that you would be with us tonight as we go to small groups and help us to remember that only we can own our actions and allow those actions to glorify you. We give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.